Hello and welcome to Wallflowers in Bloom, a podcast where we share the joys and challenges of being introverts. I'm Jenny. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we share with you stories and antidotes that touch on how we prosper and thrive in a world dominated by extroverts. We also have guest speakers who share their experience and expertise on this topic and read letters from our fellow Wallflower listeners on how they cope and conquer. So grab your favorite beverage, settle in, and relax with us. Music is by Nate Johnson. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Wallflowers in Bloom. <laughs> Early in the morning, late for Eric. Yes, yes. It's definitely nighttime for me. And we have a special guest. Eric, do you want to introduce them? Coming to us from my home state, my hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, is my sister, Denise. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. I uh, talked to Jenny the other day, and I realized that in part of our premise of becoming more transparent, definitely more open about ourselves on this platform, you know, Jenny has had both her dads on, and I was like, you know, I don't want people to think that I've been hatched out of an egg, so I think I need to ask, you know, somebody (laughs) from my own life, so I thought of my sister, Denise. Sure, sure. I'm very happy to be on with you all today. This is awesome. So how are you, Jenny? What time is it there where you're at? It is 10 in the morning, 10.33 in the morning. Honestly, I am tired. I got my COVID test that I was COVID free and my best friend came over and we had a long night of catching up because I haven't seen her in four weeks. She ended up staying over. So I'm a little bit on the exhausted side, but happy. Is that Heather? Yes, it is Heather. (laughs) Hey, Heather. Heather's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, she is. And she came over with a bottle of wine. It was so nice. I haven't had contact with people for a while. Well, other than the people in my household. So as soon as I got my results, she's like, I'm coming over. <laughs> uh, Denise, we forgot to mention, she had COVID, Jenny. The whole house did. Her daughter, Scarlett and Cayetano. So they've oh, all no. just gotten through it. We got it in the beginning of December. So it's been a few weeks. Very sorry to hear that. It has been a journey and a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's 11.30 in Arizona? 11.35. So you're an hour ahead of California. Well, we like to usually start off our show with a little mental health check-in. So I can start just to give you a little taste of it. So my week in review has been pretty good. A friend is in town. I'll get to see her one more time before she goes back. We met here in Stockholm, but she, I think, left a couple of years ago. Uh, Jenny and I talked to her, Helena. She actually helped us with marketing when we started this podcast. So a big shout out and thank you to her. Yeah, it's been a good week for me. Part of my check-in is it's been a year and a few months into this. And some days I don't even notice. And other days I'm like, whose life am I living now? (laughs) But I will say it's all good. And I'm just really, really grateful that I'm able to do this. And I'm seeing the results of just believing in something, taking the action and having the faith. So yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on during my week. So Denise, how's your week then? Let's see. So Monday was, of course, the first Monday of the year. So my department gets a little crazy, of course, as you can imagine, around the holidays. So just trying to catch up on a few things. So yeah, just work and excited about doing this interview with you all. 
For our listeners, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, sure. I work in finance for a local hospital here, one of the biggest hospital networks here. Okay. Okay. Another finance person. (laughs) I've been working from home prior to COVID. Sometimes you want to interact with people, but we had a smooth transition into the new year from what I can tell. Well, how's your week uh, in review, Jenny? How's your week been? Uh, Definitely a lot better than I had been doing. Like I mentioned last week, you know, when I was going through COVID, my mind went into a little bit of a dark space. Talked it through, you know, with my therapist. Uh, And this is funny because it's like, yes, I'm an introvert, but I hadn't realized like how much I missed hanging out with my best friend. Also, how much Scarlett, my daughter, needed an interaction with a kid to really play with. So it was really nice having her over and the kids playing. Well, again, I'm really glad that you guys are much better. It's bad, but when it kind of hits home, it's like someone you know or kind of know. It's like, oh. Yeah. Just happy to be better, happy that we got through it. Well, good news, good news. And again, glad to hear that you guys are all much better. And then you touched on, too, about just the importance of socializing. I've definitely heard that a lot since the pandemic started, is that even those of us who don't consider ourselves super social people, that's just part of being human is you do need social interaction. It's just the different levels and the different amounts and the different types. So anyway, again, just really glad that you know, you guys are better and that you have had some good socializing last night. And yeah, so it's great. So we'll get into the interview. I have to be honest that this is my sister who I love dearly. And I was a little nervous because, you know, it's kind of like those dating shows where they ask the couples (laughs) questions and like they say, oh, we know each other. And then they hear these questions, these comments. They're like, I didn't know that. (laughs) I'll try not to embarrass you. No. joking i'm joking no you are among good people and don't feel like you have to censor yourself so okay i guess the first thing to get into is you identify as an introvert and extrovert I had to really ponder that because I am an introvert, but as my brother knows, I have a larger than life personality that I really kind of just discovered. Am I shy? Very. But some people would say, Denise, not shy. (laughs) I think it's just, I'm an introvert with a nice splash of the extrovert in there. I think I know when to bring it out that part of me out. But for the most part, I'm really cool at being quiet and just observing everything. I mean, I try to be myself all the time, but of course, you know, if I'm in a space where I feel like I can let that loose, for lack of better words, then I'll do that. Otherwise, I mean, with class, right? I just don't let it like all hang out. But like, <laughs> but for the most part, we are a introvert family. And that's something I can kind of relate to us introverts as we are more comfortable in a situation. We tend to open up more. That is something I can definitely relate to. There's four of us siblings. I'm the oldest and there's a brother between us. And then she's the first girl, the third child, and then our youngest sister that you've also met, Jenny. But yeah, I would agree with you that out of the four of us, I think you're the most, I like that, a splash of extrovert. I think out of the four of us, it seems like you have the easiest time to say how you feel. And I think you're less inhibited 
at least amongst the four of us, it's easiest to know how you feel. Yeah. Now you mentioned we're a family of introverts. That's interesting. So do you guys feel like your other two siblings are also introverts? Definitely more than us. I think Eric and I are the most outgoing because you and I talked before. We've been invited to different functions and we're kind of the ones, all of us collectively in the corner, just kind of looking at everybody else, you know? Like I said, more so than the other two, I think Eric and I are the more outgoing, even though we are introverted as well. Yeah, it's like you described, Jenny, when you and I are at a function, it's like that with the four of us. It's like... Amongst ourselves, I see our different personalities, but collectively, when we're out together, people would see us as one unit. And we've definitely had situations like my siblings are, you know, I have a stepdad, that's their father, but they've been around my family through my stepmother's family. I remember the last time we were around them. First of all, I begged them to come with me because they're a very vibrant people and I feel extra, extra weird when I'm around them. And so I begged my brother and sisters to come with me. I think it was Thanksgiving a few years ago. And so they came and we were in the corner and they were like, you know, come on, don't be shy, you know, go fix a plate. And we're like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we were probably all starving, we were like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. No thanks. <laughs> And I almost do that everywhere because let's just say I have like a friend and their family really don't know me. And they say, you know, where's your one friend? Because they can tell a distinct difference in my personality. So I guess that kind of leaves an impression on them as well. But I'm the same way. Like, oh, no, I'm okay. Oh, no, don't be shy. It's like, uh, (laughs) I'm not there yet. (laughs) Right. I don't know where that comes from. I like Eric's metaphor of like the electric stove. You got to give me a minute (laughs) to warm up. (laughs) And even then I might not warm up all the way. (laughs) That's the perfect way to put it. When did you become aware that you were an introvert or say maybe didn't have that word for that when you were younger, but a more subdued person? Did you have an awareness of that growing up? Definitely. And it's funny because I often think about this. I was very much an introvert as a kid. And I remember like a time where we were at my Uncle Mike's house and I was little. I probably was like three or four years old. And we were sitting at the table eating. And I remember having my face stuck to the side of Mama's side because <laughs> I didn't want anybody talking to me. So I remember uh-huh. being a very shy child. Okay. When I look back and I notice, it's like when she signed me up to do those ballet classes, I was a little upset. Because that made me feel like now I got to deal with people. I was like seven or eight years old, but I remember being a little irritated (laughs) by that. But I think she did that because I was shy, you know, and then I had to get up and perform and things like that. So definitely just noticing that as a little kid. And as I look back, right, because it just gave me experience of being around other little girls and performing in front of a large group of people. But I think that's my earliest remembrance of knowing that I was shy and I didn't have the word for it then, but introverted and, you know, and that I was a shy person. It's funny because you bring up ballet and I remember I was in ballet. I was just really self-conscious. Even though I really enjoyed it, I ended up quitting because I was so in my mind about what I thought the other girls were thinking because I was just such an awkward, tall, skinny kid. Yeah. 
You both just brought up a memory that I hadn't thought about in a very long time. I was about seven. I'm 10 years older, and we didn't really go to church that much. My memory of it, it was never like the same church. So whenever we did go, it was a brand new community. And I remember around the age of seven, I don't remember what preceded it. I just remember there was like a little kid's choir, and I was told to go to the front and participate in the rehearsal. And that was like asking me to jump off of a cliff. (laughs) I did allow myself to get pushed up, but then within seconds, I walked away and they were like, where are you going? Come here, come here. And I was like, you're going to have to use a crowbar to get me out of this chair. (laughs) I was not having it. I was like, no. And the funny thing was, I probably would have enjoyed it, but... Not to blame how it was done, but it was it was like I didn't know these people and it was overwhelming. Overwhelming. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, I had a question. You know, I would say our mother was definitely an introvert, at least on our mother's side. We didn't really grow up with extended family. This is a question, Denise, for you, because we've talked about our mother. But what about your dad, my stepdad? I'd say he was an introvert. Because of just the circumstances, I never really got a chance to really know him very well. You know what I mean? Like I was around him and that's why I can call him introvert because I never really saw him show a lot of emotion other than, you know, he's an alcoholic other than that time until like my grandfather passed away. And that's the first time I had ever seen him cry Hmm. or show any real emotion. Other than that, he was really to himself. It's funny because I'm writing my book and I'm kind of breaking down my family background. And I would say, you know, my grandmother's first marriage to my grandfather, they're kind of introverted people, right? And then when I go to California and I'm around, I say my California side, even though it's the same bloodline, they're very extroverted people. (laughs) So, I mean... Well, you know, so it's a distinct difference. I think he was more of an introvert and him and mama kind of both were that way. But I never really saw him show any type of emotion, to be honest, except for when my grandfather passed away. And that was very interesting because I had never seen him cry in my life. It Mm. was like, wow, you know, he he has emotion. He's moved by this. But as far as just being a talkative person along those lines, no. You know, he had a really good heart. You know, he'd help anybody and stuff like that. But other than that, I would say more so like my Uncle Mike or my Trisha were that way. But him, no. I've been listening to this other podcast, Salud, and they talk about men not showing emotion. And it's like shown in like older generations, men aren't supposed to show emotion. That's a manly kind of thing. And they're told to like kind of push it down. And that's why we promote the mental health check-in because we want to normalize talking about our feelings, especially with having Eric on the podcast, the male perspective, being able to be like, you know what, I'm okay with saying I'm not okay, or I'm Mm -hmm. okay with saying I'm struggling this week, or you know what, I'm happy this week. But I know for other generations, older generations, it's very hard because they're like, men don't cry, men don't show feeling, you got to be strong. Definitely. Sorry, I'm trailing off a little bit, but I've also kind of started doing this because of what I went through with COVID, just like checking in with myself, like, what am I feeling right now? And that's something that I think everybody should do. And I also wanted to say, just kind of piggyback off of that, like, let's just say you are having some like emotional issues. And if you're an introvert, 
you might not tell anybody. Whereas an extrovert would say, you know, this hurts. <laughs> you know, they might raise their hand and say, you know, hey, this hurts. So there's so many layers to it. There is. Because if I'm an introvert, if I'm a shy person, I'm not going to be able to express my feelings. You bring a very good point in that sometimes we're not comfortable expressing. Maybe trying to figure out what is something that will help us and what we need. And for me, that's therapy. And I love it. And it puts me in a safe place where I can talk to somebody. It's like a cup of water. You keep filling and filling it. It's better for you to dump out a little bit out of your emotional cup than for it to just overflow and you have a complete meltdown. Yes, 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 yes. That's definitely true. That's a great way to describe it. I love that with the image of the water glass. It's like a dam. It can't go anywhere, but it just spills out. Sometimes I have to just say, I need a minute. I'm a very spiritual person. The other day, you know, just dealing with things in everyday life, I was like talking to God. I'm like, oh, you know, this kind of hurts. And I just have to just cry and let it all out. And people need to do that. It's so important. It is. Just feel your feelings and it's okay and move on. <laughs> exactly. That needs to be on a shirt. Feel your feelings. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So this is so fitting because lately, and not to just totally get off subject, but I love crime TV. And I started like watching these documentaries about these different like serial killers and don't think I'm crazy or anything like that. I love true crime. <laughs> right, right. As you sit back and you listen to their backstory, and this is why they probably bring it up in court. Mm-hmm. Okay, this person's been through this, this, this. And when I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, what they did was messed up, but my goodness, they had some issues. And you listen to their backstory and it's like, oh my goodness. Well, no wonder. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it's messed up what they did, but some of the biggest ones you hear about and you listen to, they grew up like this or they went through some type of trauma. It's like, why? And they may have never gotten any help or they may have never felt like they could. Yeah, it might have been able to be prevented. Exactly. If mental health was more openly talked about, they might be things that could have been prevented. Really quick, a good true crime podcast that I love is My Favorite Murder. They're funny and they like talk about true crime so if you want to check that out my night crew at my old job they used to listen to it and and at first i was like this is pretty warped but it's funny what's their tagline of something something and don't get murdered tagline is fuck politeness and don't get murdered because a lot of times they talk about women getting murdered because men will use their being polite or like oh can you help me with this it's a funny twisted true crime like Sorry, back to. <laughs> See, our mom, she was a warrior, W-O-R-R-I-E-R, not warrior. And kind of maybe connected to introversion, I'll say as a quote-unquote nice person, I have often been in situations because I didn't want to be rude where I'm like, yeah. this something doesn't feel right. And then I'll think of our mom and she would say things like, you don't want to come to in a ditch <laughs> naked or be in the back of a truck and go, where am I at? <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. You know, I will say um, there is that thing of just trusting your instinct. Exactly. Exactly. There's positives that we're learning through this platform and through talking to other people. But, you know, I know some of the things that I heard growing up that made me not want to proclaim that I was more of a subdued person, you know, is that you're too quiet or that you're stuck up or you're bougie. So for you, had you heard that growing up or as an adult, have you heard those labels put on you well definitely as a child yeah because we were kind of sheltered and then it was just 
acclimating to different situations, right? Because like you said, we went to different churches, we went to different schools. I would say where I spent like my sixth, seventh and eighth grade year, I was labeled as an introvert. And even to this day, I think people do still view me as an introvert. As an adult, that's where my splash of extrovertness, I guess, comes in. I'm a lot more outgoing now than I was when I was a kid. And I guess it's just gaining the confidence about myself. You know, I've always been awkward, just different. Thank God for Issa Rae, just an awkward Black girl. Definitely identify with that. I'm like, geez, finally somebody put a name on it. I've had people like a supervisor one time. We were talking about something. I know they kind of treated me a little funny, but I didn't know like why. And then all of a sudden we were in the break room and we were talking about something. And she was like, oh, you know, Denise with her bougie self. And I'm like, where the heck are they getting that from? Like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Am I supposed to carry myself a certain way? But one time I was going to get, you know, something done to my hair and I went to a salon and so I walk in, I say, you know, hi, everybody, you know, and I just sit down and this older black lady looks at me and like literally rolls her eyes at me so much so to like, I noticed it. And then like, I think I sent a text to my little sister and I was like, this lady just gave me the stank look of all stank looks. <laughs> all I said was hi, <laughs> you know? And then I was like, oh, wow. And then I guess I kind of became aware that if you act a certain way and you're a certain race they expect you to act a certain way you know I don't know if that's okay to say so definitely I've gotten that or even I almost get that all the time it just depends on where I'm at I get that I would say a lot um some people call it class and some people call it bougie some people call it old-fashioned like so I've gotten the oh my goodness I thought you were such a snob when I first met but you're so nice I'm like why would you think I'm a snob I, I had started this new job and I didn't realize that I had slammed my purse on the table like when I came in. Oh, yeah. And I noticed people didn't really talk to me and I'm quiet. And all of our coworkers, you know, we began to interact with each other and get to know each other. I had someone tell me, you know, you're really cool because I thought well, we're going to have a problem with you because when, <laughs> when you came <laughs> in, you slammed your purse on the table. And I'm like, I did? I didn't <laughs> notice that I did that. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, but you're just the nicest person we've ever met. I'm like, oh, okay, good. You know, so, so yeah, it just, you're never aware of how people perceive. Exactly. And that's what I've learned to give people the biggest smile to greet people. Some people you're not going to get a, a hello back from, and that's okay. Just yeah. keep going. But yeah. I at least try to look up and smile at people yeah. so they know, you know, I'm aware that you're there, I'm aware that you're a human like me. Yeah. So I just try to greet everyone with a smile or how are you doing today? You know, and for me personally, like I'm internally prepping for something and I don't realize, like you said, you don't realize you slam something on the table or you don't realize that you're not greeting everybody. Exactly. And it's like, why is that? Because I definitely can relate because I used to have that same issue, having an issue with, oh, hi, everybody. I'm such a, such a, such And then I had to speak at church before, and I was really nervous about doing that. But when I got up there and spoke, they were like, you're a good speaker. You know, I never considered myself that. Now, as I'm gaining more confidence, as I'm getting older, that extroverted side is coming out more. I mean, I'm still shy and reserved, but I want people to know, like, I'm here and I have a voice. I think that's my passion in it, too.
Yeah, that is a really good way of putting it. We have a voice. And I think it's such an extroverted world. Now I'm going to make a comment and it might piss some people off. It's not everybody, but I have met really happy, happy extroverts. And then again, as an introvert, I like to observe. So I'll sit and sometimes people don't even notice I'm there. But I've noticed people where they're super peppy. And as soon as they think nobody's looking, they'll talk shit or say something like, oh, this person's such an asshole or whatever. Oh, I can't believe I have to like play nice with this person. And it's like, (laughs) you're not nice. You're a mean person. Like, that's why it's like, I rather stay quiet, assess. And it's like, and then you realize like, oh, this is the type of people that I wouldn't want to open up because then they're going to go telling my business or saying something. Again, it's not everybody. I've had those similar experiences. I like what you say. It's prefaced with that being extrovert, introvert, but somebody who's more subdued because you're not really being observed, you can see things a little differently. And I definitely have seen that. And I won't say especially in the workplace, but also in the workplace, people who are really good public speakers. And then, you know, even I've had experiences where people will share something really enlightening and touching from a podium. But then when you go talk to them, they look at you or they respond to you in a way like, why are you here? I'm not on stage right now. So get away from me. But us introverts who prefer to just kind of wait and take our time are perceived as like, oh, you're such a snob. Oh, you think you're better than us. Oh, you think you're, I think the word was used bougie. I don't know. Not it. <laughs> no, it's an old term. It's, it's one that if we hear it, if a person that looks like us says it to another person that looks like us, it is never a no, compliment. <laughs> no. In Spanish is, oh, es creída. Es creída. What does that mean? She thinks she's better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's go back to the positives of introversion. How did introversion help you in your career? And I think one of the things you mentioned that I really like is you're saying, yes, I'm an introvert, but I still have a voice. And I really love that. And I think that's part of what Eric and I are trying to do here and saying like, yeah, we're introverted, but that doesn't mean we don't have anything to say. Well, I definitely would say keeps you out of drama. Are you talking about in the workplace? Yeah that and just everyday life. I think a lot of times too, we may not realize as introverts that people are watching us when we're quiet. I think they watch us the most because they're more curious as to what we have to say. So maybe I've been chosen to do certain projects at work because I am to myself and I am introverted. They want to see what I have to offer or to be honest, in most cases, when I'm to myself, you know, I work better. Yeah. So I guess that's how it's helped me a lot. And just sometimes, I don't know how to put this without offending anybody, but like sometimes when your mouth is shut, you seem more intelligent. (laughs) You know, does that make sense? Well, with everything going on in America right now, there's some people that I'm watching on social media. I'm like, (laughs) you are not convincing a lot of people. (laughs) You're approving a lot of people's points. Yeah, I can't think of the scripture, but like silence, it speaks volumes. And it's nothing wrong with being an extrovert. Like I said, in the right environment, I'm very outgoing. That came with time, age, and confidence. Yeah. The very core of the need is very shy. Just different situations. I'm back to that eight-year-old kid, that type of shy. I think more so with me, and I would like to say collectively with my siblings, I think 
because of the environment that we were raised in, it may have made us that way. And I say this too, because my brother, Brian, I was listening to him having a conversation with someone and he's even introverted around us. But I noticed he was having this conversation, I think with his coworkers or something. And he was just vibrant and talking. And I'm like, who is that? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, who is that? And I didn't even, excuse me, realize it was the same person. I was like, what? He has all that inside of him. (laughs) new information the very core of me is definitely that shy girl still at 40 going on 41 years old i've just learned to to speak up like we said we have a voice and just knowing own it and that knowing the things that god has put in me that i can't be introverted all the time i have to share those things especially now like i'm writing a book i have to let that passion out and i have to let those things out So you were already naturally introverted, but on top of the family, it was more encouraged, I guess. Right. The family dynamic. Because we were sheltered too. and We moved around a lot. And my take on it, and let me know if it's not correct, but yeah, very sheltered. I always say I was super, super naive for that reason. The upside of it today is I think some ways it probably encourages people to think I'm younger than what I am. Not that I'm completely clueless, but there's still somewhat of a naivete about me. And maybe it goes back to that nice thing. You know, when you're quote unquote nice, you're like, oh, well, they look a little sweaty and deranged or whatever, but you know, (laughs) maybe just ran of the bus or something. I don't know. (laughs) You remember? Okay. So I'm sorry if I tortured you guys. I used to love this group from England called Five Star. And they were five black siblings, super talented, super cute, whatever. But thanks to social media and the internet, because they were big in the UK, but weren't really big in America in that same way. And seeing footage of them now in interviews, they all talk about how they were very sheltered and somewhat naive. And you can tell that interviewers don't really believe them because they're like, how much of this is an act? But I got what they meant. Like, no, we just were pretty much each other's friends. We went to school, we came home. That was pretty much it. I think that was a large part of our childhood from what I remember. And I'm so grateful for that. I think we were very book smart, I think, because mama wouldn't accept anything less. I love her for that. That's one of the things I very much thank her for. But we weren't very street smart. I mean, we were just dumb, but (laughs) very naive. Like, oh, people do stuff like that. Like, even now, people are like, are you stupid? Oh, it's a dark alley. Right. It'll be okay. And do you gravitate more towards extroverted people or introverted people? I would say most of my friends are extroverted people. But as far as dating, no. I don't want a loud person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm loud enough. But I like people that speak up and talk, but not just, hey, like drawing attention to yourself. No. Friendships. I think I'm more attracted to extroverted people because it brings out that in me. But as far as like romantically, like myself, an introvert with a splash of extrovert, yeah, (laughs) not just a fully extroverted person. Person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've gone on dates where it's like, I thought I was quiet and I'm pulling teeth to get this other person to talk. You get like these yes and no answers. Oh, do you like where you work? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Can you give me more to work with here? Do you have a good week? Yeah. Great. So I've always thought 
Maybe I just need an extroverted person to balance me out. I've had similar experiences with people on dates, like you said. You've talked about this, Jenny. Like It's just about the amount of energy that I exert or the amount of time that I can spend in certain situations. But I've definitely been on dates with that same thing where you're like pulling teeth. And that's where my quirky sense of humor comes out. Yeah. But like you, I feel like I don't think I would mesh well long term with anybody who was more subdued than me because I love how you describe it, Denise, that introvert with a splash of extrovert. I don't know if I would say I'm on the same level as you are, but there's a little inner crazy in me that I think certain people bring out in me. And I kind of enjoy that. So that's probably why I'm drawn to more. I don't know if true extrovert, because I think my battery would <laughs> yeah. die very quickly around that type of energy. But somebody who's got a splash and a little bit more of extrovert, yeah, that would be appealing to me. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I have a friend that's very in your face. I love her to death, but after being with her, it's like, you know what? I got to detox or I got to take a minute, you know? You got to step back for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, do you like to travel? I love it. I didn't at first. Well, let's just say I hadn't been on the plane. Let's see. I was seven the first time I got on. I didn't get on a plane again until I was like 31. Then the next time I'm like, oh, I could do this. Uh, and then I took a flight by myself. So I would say with traveling now, I kind of want to be alone. I guess it just depends on where I'm going. Road trips, I wouldn't want to do a road trip alone, no. But I like to be by myself a lot, to be quite honest. Like with my little sister, I we live together. and. Sometimes I just have to tell her, like, I just need a minute. Yeah. You know, I do enjoy my own company. I, mean, I think that's healthy, too. You need that balance. Some people can't sit with themselves. I went on a cross-country road trip this summer. That was fun. I went with my dad, Robert's partner, Jose, my sister, Victoria, and my daughter, Scarlett. So, mm. however, I would like to do an alone trip at some point. Since I've been, like, quarantined and been home, I found a new obsession with the TikTok app. And something I learned in California, they have cabins that are called getaway cabins. And it's just this little tiny cabin that it's like a little studio. It's just a square. One wall is a huge window. They have one in Big Bear, which is up in the mountains here. And you go and you get away and they even have a locker for your phone and to disconnect. I kind of want to do that. I just want to go and... <laughs> get away and I've been looking at dates I'm like when is my daughter going with her dad so I can <laughs> just take <laughs> this trip and I mean I've already been quarantining but there's something about disconnecting out in nature that just sounds absolutely fabulous that's good timing I actually was talking to a friend here in Sweden and it seems somewhat common I'm not too sure yet but I definitely heard people here they mm -hmm. have summer cottages or houses and I have a friend here who has one and he's been fixing it up, I guess, in the last few years. And I was talking to him earlier today and he was like, oh, just let me know if you want to spend a couple of weeks out at the cabin. It's in the woods by a lake. And I've definitely developed an appreciation for nature because you see it definitely more so than you do in Los Angeles. So, yeah, that sounds really cool to be able to do that. And when he talked about that today, 
I'm like, that might not be a yeah. bad idea, especially for writing, because I'm, of course, looking for work here on the ground. But one of the things that was part of this journey that I'm on is to focus on my writing, which I've been doing off and on for years. Something else that I thought would be a lot of fun and kind of something I kind of want to do on my own is they have this California challenge, mountains, beach, desert city, I think, where you go to all four places in one day. In one day. Well, I guess that's possible in Southern California, yeah. Um, I think that's all the questions I have. I had one question for you. Did you have any childhood passions? I did, I did. You know, funny thing is, I used to want to be an archaeologist when I was a little kid. I always said that was going to be my profession. Yeah, yeah really? it was odd. I like to dig for things. Uh-huh. and I, Maybe I was just nosy. I should have been a detective. And I also had a passion to go into the service the military, but I didn't get a chance to do that. But nevertheless, you know, I'm blessed and I'm satisfied. And then right now you said your writing, is that a creative outlet? You say you're writing your book and you're trying to focus on that. Is that a new passion? I did write as a little kid. I would write short stories. That passion didn't come back up until recently. My brother is a phenomenal writer, Eric. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just something that runs in our family. But writing the book has definitely been healing for me. Oh, that's nice. It's so necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's my portion. I've been through a, a lot of unique things in life. And like I said before, I'm a very spiritual person. And I know that I wouldn't have gotten through those things if it um, wasn't for God. You know, I always pretty much had a good job and everything. Never really a passion for anything. But I knew I liked to write. But like I said, the book is healing and it's release. Definitely, it's a challenge for me. That's where the introvert part is so strong because some things I don't want to say, but I know I have to. So it's definitely creative. It is definitely a healing process. So definitely has my creative side and read a little bit of poetry, but I love my Angelo. And I think that's an introvert thing too, right? Because sometimes when we can express ourselves, I can express myself on paper writing so much better than I could get it out verbally. Yeah. For a very long time when I was young, I had a diary and it was my way of just letting everything out. I journal every morning too. I have a prayer journal that I write in and that has been like the best thing for me to do. A person that we actually had on a previous episode that you might actually be interested in looking her up as Nicole. Yes. Yeah, she's a poet and also an introverted woman. I think you would really enjoy her work. From a cultural standpoint, Nicole is a Black writer. I'll send you the information. And actually, the story you shared about what you experienced in the beauty shop, I brought that up because she shared similar experiences. We wanted perspective culturally for me as a Black person and Jenny as a Hispanic woman. We've been reaching out to people that have that as another component of being an introvert. And yeah, Nicole was a really good guest. And and she's a poet. She's a librarian. Our Aunt Connie, our mom's sister, is a retired librarian. So I didn't know that about her at the time. So that was a good thing to connect on. Yeah. She also has a faith-based group for female writers. So um, I can forward that information, too. I would love that. I would so love that. I'm proud of you. And of course, I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders. So I look forward to hearing about it. I'm excited too. I'm so excited. And I'm so happy that you came on. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. 
I do have, like I said, a larger than life personality. And when I was getting ready to sit down, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to be recording. People gonna hear this. I, know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of got a little bit nervous. And I was like, no, let me just do what I do. Thank you again for coming on Thank and you. sharing your story. Thank you. Great to see your face. Great to see your face. Great to see your beautiful face too, Jeannie. Great to see you all. Great to see you too. And we'll hopefully I'll talk later. Yes, most definitely. Bye-bye. Love you. Thank you for spending time with us. If you have questions or a story you'd like to share, email us at wallflowersinbloom2020 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at wallflowers underscore in underscore bloom and search for us on Facebook under Wallflowers in Bloom. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and CastBox. Until next time.